It's not by what we've done. It's not that we deserve it. It's because you choose it, because of your grace, your love for us, everything you did for us in your precious Son, Jesus, that you would redeem us, that you would renew us, that you would claim us in such a dramatic way that we can be set free and that we can live the life you choose for us. Lord, today we gather as your people, not just any people, but your people. And help us to just take in this time of your presence. Help us to take in your word. Help it to find root so that we can live strong and courageous lives for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Father, we thank you for this time, for your presence, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You're going to have a seat. All right, we are starting a new series called uh, Joshua, Strong and uh, Courageous. And uh, just so you know where the series is headed, uh, we're not going to be spending time uh, studying the book of Joshua. Uh, we are going to spend our time uh, studying the character of Joshua, trying to understand those um, character traits, those uh, actions, uh, just the, the, the walk that Joshua made that allowed him to be such a just strong and courageous person uh, advancing God's people. And so uh, each week we're just going to look at this, this character of Joshua and these actions of Joshua that allowed him to advance the kingdom. And hopefully that will give us some insight into, uh, well, gosh, if Joshua did that, what does that mean for us? How, how can we live strong and courageous lives? I'm assuming everybody in the room is like okay with a strong and courageous life, right? All right, so say strong and courageous. All right, you can say it, you want it, right? Okay, well, if you say it, you want it, here's the way it goes. It starts out with a pretty amazing experience when you start looking at, at Joshua himself and, and just the spirit of Joshua, the character of Joshua. And uh, there's one experience that just really struck me, at least, as, as you start to get to know this person of Joshua. And it's in Deuteronomy 31, and it's one... Uh, Moses was kind of releasing the reins of leadership and, and turning things over to Joshua. Joshua is now going to take command. Joshua is going to be the one that led to lead God's people uh, into the promised land. And uh, Moses uh, was fading away. In fact, Moses was preparing to die. So he's like a 120 years old. He realizes he is not going to go into the promised land. And so he lifts up Joshua and kind of installs him as the new leader in Israel. It says, Then Moses called for Joshua, and all Israel watched. So this is kind of the public passing of leadership, right? All Israel watched. He said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one, you, you are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So Moses does this formal kind of passing of leadership onto, onto Joshua. And, and if you think about that, what an amazing experience. I mean, the experience of passing on this kind of leadership to another uh, generation. And if you try to put yourself for a minute 
you know, into that experience, and, and you're just one of the folks standing there watching this all happen. You're one of God's people standing there watching all, hap- all this happen. What, what's going through your mind and heart in that moment? Well, I would guess you'd be standing there, and, and you'd be saying, Whoa, wait a minute. There's only two things I know in my life. One is slavery, and the other is following Moses. That's all I know. I've either been a slave in Egypt, or I have been wandering with Moses in the wilderness. And all I know is the leadership of Moses. I mean, after all, Moses is the guy that came down and stood up against Pharaoh. Moses is the guy that lifted up his staff and split the waters of the Red Sea. Moses is the guy that led us to the mountain of God and came down with the commandments and the decrees of the Lord. I mean, Moses is the guy that even took his staff and hit a rock and water came out of it. Moses is the guy that for these last 40 years, whenever there's been a problem, he's the go-to man. And he solved it. And now you're telling me no more Moses? That's a pretty extraordinary experience, isn't it? Now put yourself not just in the experience of that person that's watching, but think about Joshua. Joshua is probably experiencing the same thoughts. Me? I mean, do you remember when God came to Moses, the great Moses we just described, when God came to Moses and said, Moses, I have a, I have a job for you. You're going to not be, be a sheep herder anymore. You're going to go down there to Egypt, and you're going to go up against Pharaoh, and you're going to free my people. And Moses said, nah, <laughs> not so excited about that, God. Is there an alternative professional decision I could make? Right? He's like, you know, no, no, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just don't think I got it in me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not convinced I can do that. After all, you know, I had a little problem down there in Egypt called murder. And beyond all that, I don't speak so good. When Moses got that kind of mantle of leadership put on him, he said, not so sure. Now we have the experience of Joshua. And Joshua seemingly, willingly accepts this mantle of leadership. He doesn't balk on it. He doesn't complain about it. He doesn't question it. He doesn't rethink it. He doesn't try to reshape it. He just simply receives what's now being passed into his life. How could he do that? How could he do that? How could he be so strong and courageous in this moment to receive this kind of mission on his life. Today what I want to do is try to go through some elements that I think are in the character of Joshua that, that we learned before this moment about him that can help us understand what does it mean to be strong and courageous? What do we need to do in our own lives to make sure we can receive the future God has in store for us? Ready to go? First of all, it seems that Joshua was able to deal with the reality of his slavery. Said another way, it appears Joshua was able to put his past behind him and accept the future God chose for him. He was able to put his past behind him and take hold of the future that God had prepared for him. Keep in mind, all Joshua knew before this was the same as everybody else in Israel. 
All he knew was slavery. That's it. He knew slavery and the leadership of Moses. That's it. Slavery, leadership of Moses. That's what Joshua was. He was a slave. That was his identity. But somehow in the experience of what he went through, he was able to put his slavery behind him and be able to move into the future that God had prepared for him. Anybody want to do that? How do you do that? How, how do you take the slavery that's behind you? How do, how do you take the stuff that's part of your past? How do you take the failures and the disappointments and that stuff that you wander around in the back of your memory that you'll never tell anybody else? That, that stuff that's just there just still has hold of you? The things that would enslave you to remind you that you're not worthy. How do you take that slavery and go beyond that and get to the future that God has for you? Perhaps the answer is in Deuteronomy 24. Deuteronomy 24 says, Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt. So that's going to happen, right? We're going to remember those experiences. Always remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you from your slavery. What are they supposed to remember? Two things. Two things. They're supposed to remember, sure, there was a time, Joshua, you were a slave. Yeah, there was a time you were a slave. But what else are they supposed to remember? That God redeemed them. God redeemed them. That God took action in their life. And he paid the price that needed to be paid in order to get them to a new place and a new opportunity and a new future in their life. If you've received Jesus Christ, you've been redeemed. If you say Jesus Christ is Lord, you've been redeemed. You can remember the stuff that was part of your past, but you don't live by it anymore. You can think sometimes on the stuff that raises up in your memory, but that doesn't own you anymore. What owns you is the redemption that God accomplished in Jesus Christ on the cross. He paid the price. He did what we couldn't do. He did everything for us so that we would no longer be slaves, but we would be free to live the way God wanted us to live. Joshua was redeemed. Joshua was redeemed. And he was not going to live a life that was in slavery anymore. He was living the life that God chose for him, that God bought for him. Strong and courageous. This is the difference for us. We may have this stuff wandering around in our memories of our slavery, but we don't live by it anymore because Jesus Christ set us free from it and we are God's own people. First thing we have to do is make sure that we move out of our slavery and we receive the redemption that Jesus won for us. We're God's people. Not any people. We are God's people. Second, if you receive that, and you move into that new life God has in store for you. As you move into that new life, it appears from Joshua that you need to make sure you get in relationship with people who know and experience God's word. That they talk with God. This is what Joshua did. As we look at who he was and what he did, after he came out of slavery, his job was to be the assistant to Moses. So what do you do? He's the guy that hung out with the guy that talked to God. Because that's what Moses did, right? Moses went up on Mount Sinai and he talked with God. Here in Exodus 24, 
It says, the Lord said to Moses, come on up, Moses, come up to the mountaintop, stay there. I'm going to give you the tablets of stone, which I've inscribed the instructions, the commands, so you can teach the people. So Moses and who? Joshua. Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain to go have a chat with God. What's going on? Joshua hung out with the guy that talked with God. That's what he did. He, he was the assistant. He was, the, he was always around Moses. He was always in proximity to Moses. He was always around the guy that talked to God. And, and so in this experience, Moses is going up the mountain, and Joshua goes right along with him. Moses goes up to the top of the mountain to talk with God for a while. Moses, he hangs out just a little bit further down the mountain while Moses is up talking with God. And he stays there 40 days and 40 nights. Just as Moses was up there 40 days and 40 nights. Now, he didn't find excuses for that. He didn't find reasons not to go. I mean, when Moses said, Joshua, we're going up the mountain. i got to talk with God for a little while, and you can just hang back a little bit. Joshua didn't say, well, Moses, I mean, this is going to be a 40-day trip. 40 nights, not really equipped for it. You know, haven't, haven't gone to the store, don't, haven't laid in the food I'm going to need on the trip. I mean, you can imagine the excuses he could come up with, right? He didn't do that. Moses said, listen, I'm going to go talk with God. Joshua said, okay, let's go. He hangs out with a guy that talks with God. And look at the impact of that. They go up. Moses talks with God. He gets the tablets. He turns around. He's coming down the mountain. He gets to Joshua. Moses and Joshua are turning down the mountain. It says, when Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below, he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war in the camp. Now the truth is, what's going on in the camp? While Moses is up talking with God, while Joshua is partway up the mountain waiting for Moses to come back, what's going on down in the camp? They're building a golden calf. They're rebelling and turning away from the living God. Now, now get this picture. Person that talks with God, up here. Rebellious people turning away from God, a whole multitude, down here. Where's Joshua? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. You see, the reality is, you have a choice in your life as you try to walk with Christ and be strong and courageous. You have a choice to make. Are, are you going to hang out with the crowd and, and, and let... Let it be more important to hang out with the world and, and where rebellion takes place and people live contrary to the Word of God. Or are you going to put yourself in a position where you're in a relationship with somebody who talks with God? Joshua says, I'm going, to, I'm going to go with the person that talks with God. See, if you're going to live a strong and courageous life, you're going to make sure you associate yourself with people that talk with God. You're going to associate with people who can help you discern God's Word in your life, what God wants you to do in your life. You're going to hang out with people who are connected with, with the living God so that can translate into your life being bold and courageous. You get discernment, understanding, you know, how you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to go, what God has in store for you. And you move out with a plan because you know what God's plan is. If you're going to be bold and courageous, you've got to be able to deal with the slavery and you've got to be able to hang out with the people. That talk with God. Pretty clear, right? Next one. 
If you do this, if you do this, it's also going to change your vision. The, the way you see things is going to get changed. And, and it appears for Joshua that, that this transformation from slave to becoming this bold and courageous leader included getting his vision changed. So the people of God come down the mountain. They finally go off. And Moses comes down the mountain, leads the people. They finally go off to get to the bottom end of the promised land. Promised land's right in front of them. They're at the bottom end. Moses sends out the spies. You know the story. He sends out the spies. The spies come back. Most of them say what? Oh, man, this is an awesome place. Big grapes, milk and honey. Wow, what a fantastic place. But the people, oh, they're big. They're giants. Their cities are fortified. There is no way we could possibly conquer these people. It just is not going to be happening. What's their vision? They're absolutely sold out on a can't-happen vision. A can't-do vision. They see how good the land is, but all they can find is the objections of why it can't happen. In contrast, Numbers 14 says two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Jephnel, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, oh, the land that we traveled through and explored, it is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do, don't do this. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Boy, that's seeing things different, isn't it? That's seeing things different. Get a whole group of guys who went and said, oh, the people, no way, they're giants, they're big, cities for no way. Joshua, Caleb had a whole new sense of vision. They saw things differently. And they said, well, the people, listen, the people are helpless prey. What happens? If you're going to be bold and courageous, you're going to, you're going to move out of that slavery you're going to hang with people who talk with God, and your vision is going to get changed. Your vision is going to get changed. You're going to start seeing the opportunities in your life completely differently. That there'll be opportunities, not just for you, but there'll be opportunities for what God can do. Not what can't happen, but what God can do. This is a whole different way of looking, isn't it? It's a whole different way of seeing things. Joshua could be strong and courageous because he just received a different way of looking at life. A different way of seeing it. And he lived that life strong and courageous. Now, I've got to warn you that if, if you start getting this vision, you start looking at life differently, and young people especially out there, if, you, if you're you know, in high school and you start thinking about what the future holds, what school you ought to go to, and all those kind of decisions about life, if you start putting that into the vision of what God wants into your life, you're going to have detractors come up over and against you and say, oh, really? Why would you do that? Caleb, Joshua, they had some detractors. It says, but the whole community, not a few people, the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Is that a little resistance? A little resistance. Now, i got to warn you, when you start 
being strong and courageous, and you start seeing with those eyes that of what God can do, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be people who wonder, what, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Right? But the challenge for us is if we're going to be strong and courageous, we stick to those visions. We stick to seeing what God can do. And we step into it. We step into serving. So Joshua is with Moses. The people are now wandering in the wilderness. And they're finding their way to this new promised land. Now keep in mind this is a whole nation of people. This isn't just a few folks together. This is a whole nation of people. As they're wandering through the wilderness, the folks that live there get a little nervous. Especially the kings. So when the nation of Israel comes wandering in, the kings look at this and say, whoa, wait a minute, we're being invaded. And some of them respond to this. And so it says in Exodus 17, one of them did that. It says, while the people of Israel were still, still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of a hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Now, let me translate that for you, okay? Here, here's the real translation of this, of this experience. It goes like this. So they got attacked by this army, professional army. They get attacked. And Moses says, uh, Joshua, uh, slave guy, uh, guy who knows bricks, guy who, who really is good at building bricks, but never went to West Point. The guy who only knows how to build bricks. Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a bunch of other guys who are really good at building bricks without really a lot of equipment because you left Egypt in kind of a hurry. So without of a lot of, with not a lot of, you know, kind of warrior equipment, I want you to go and fight a professional army fully equipped and experienced and don't worry I'm gonna stand on a hill and hold up a stick is that like an accurate translation I mean that's really what he's saying isn't it I mean it sounds so good there but come on that's what he's saying and the amazing thing first in so <laughs> Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Joshua just stepped into serving. He stepped into serving. He, he didn't question again. He didn't, he didn't say, well, you know, I need to take a training course uh, on, on what it means to be a commander of the Lord's armies. He just stepped into serving. He just stepped into serving. You see, the truth is that if you're going to live a strong and courageous life, some of you, some of you out there, got to stop finding these excuses of why you shouldn't be doing something else in your life. Those excuses that say, well, you know, I just, I really don't think I'm prepared for this yet. I just, I really don't think it's a good time in my life yet. I'm, I'm really just not sure that I'm in the right place yet for this. And some of that translates into serving here, right, at Christ Church. Because some of you are finding excuses why you shouldn't serve here. Like, you know, I, I, I teach those three-year-olds, but I, I'm afraid they know more about God than I do. And uh, 
Right? You've got to just step into serving. Joshua, he just stepped into service. Why? He was strong and courageous. And he just stepped into it. He just stepped into it. Because he knew the God who stood behind him and went before him. And so he just stepped into it. To be strong and courageous for us is to step into it because we just trust God more than. And whatever you want to fill in. Right? You just trust him more than whatever it is you're trusting. You just trust him more than anything else that's got a hold of you. You just simply trust him more. And that seems to be the key for Joshua. That, he, that in all these experiences, he could be strong and courageous because he just trusted God more. If you look at the text, this is Joshua 1. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant... The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, well, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Now here's the big word. You ready? No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Joshua just trusted that more. He just seemed to trust that more than, than all the other stuff. And, and he could just step into everything we've talked about this morning. He could let go of that slavery. He could just step into serving. He could just step into whatever that future had because he saw it differently. He could just step into that. Why? Because he just trusted God more. He just trusted him more. And the bottom line for him, obviously, is the same. That he lived an incredible life that was strong and courageous. If you're going to live a strong and courageous life like Joshua, it's because you just trust God more. He has spoken incredible promises over our lives. If you've received Christ, he's spoken incredible promises over your life. And he's proved he's good for him. Not only did Jesus die for you and redeem you, but remember, he rose again from the dead. He walked out of that tomb, and he proved he's good for his word. The only question for us, do, do we trust it more? Do we just trust it more? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us such a great challenge in life that, that our lives can be strong, courageous, that we can be impact people for the kingdom of heaven, that we can be all in because we just trust your word more than anything else. And so we ask, just help us. Help us to receive that in absolute completeness, that uh, we can let go of the things of the past and just be your people, redeemed, moving into a future you choose for us, that we can see it with a different set of eyes and we can see what you can do in our lives that we can just move forward and step into serving in what you choose for us and just do all of it because we trust you more. 
So, Lord, lead us to this now and help us to just walk in the footsteps of Joshua in these next five weeks that our our eyes would be opened, our hearts would be softened, and our lives would be changed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.